Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I am back. Uh boy oh boy. I'm excited to be back. We got we got we got we got a quite a few things to get into. Last week was a slow week um as far as sports. Uh because it was it was for most of the week there was no NBA, uh college basketball, uh, this year. But we do have the tournament coming up, so that's big. But last week was a slow week, but we're gonna get into uh some NBA today. We're gonna get into some NBA uh, the Wilder and Tyson Fury fight. Uh, I watched it. I watched it. Uh, Tyson Fury really like dominated the fight, but I like what I saw from there. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna just touch and grab on little things. Maybe we get into some NBA draft. I mean NFL draft talk as well. But I'm excited to be back. I'm I'm, I'm excited to be back. Uh, hope you guys are ready. Let's lock in. Let's get loaded. Let's get ready. I see you guys on the other side. Okay, so like I said, let's get into yesterday's game. Yesterday's game was great against between the Lakers and Celtics. Celtics and Lakers, Lakers and Celtics have always been like a big time NBA rivalry. That's been like that's the biggest NBA rivalry um that the NBA has. That's the biggest rivalry that the NBA has. So I was excited to watch those two teams play. And and now finally, uh it's been a very it's been a long time. Since both teams have really been really good and like really title contenders, so I thought it, I thought this was a, a a great game. It's one of the best games, best regular season games I saw. Um, and I'm not really big on NBA regular season basketball. I think um, not, I, I'm not gonna like as far as what happened and the outcome and the result of the game. I'm not gonna overreact on that because, like I said, I I, I don't take these NBA ga- these NBA regular season games. Um, for much, you know, it's been plenty of times where we have seen teams win season series and then they play the same exact team in the postseason and that team beats them. But they, they, so it's, it's the NBA regular season. It's a long season. You become off, you can be playing, coming off a back to back. You can be on a road trip. It's a lot of different variables, uh, in NBA regular season. But what I want to get well, first, the first point that I want to touch, what I recognized yesterday, and not 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 even yesterday, uh, but I, I just been seeing, I just been seeing him play well, really, he's been playing tremendous, and what I saw yesterday, especially, was Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum might we might be watching Jason Tatum turn into a superstar at our, he might be turning into a superstar at this very moment. We watched him turn into that guy. Uh, Boston, they go, they travel to L.A. Boston, without no Kimball Walker, Boston keeps the game very close and makes it, uh, it makes it very compelling. They made the game very compelling and interesting towards the end of the game. Jason Tatum had 41, shot 12 for 21. I mean, phenomenal. And I've always talked about Jason Tatum's skills and how like he's a he, he like in his offensive repertoire he has no weaknesses. He's a three level scorer. He can finish at the rim. He can shoot the mid range jump shot, and he has the three point shot. He has a handle, so he can get to anywhere on the floor. He he, he has he, he's he came into the league with an NBA ready body. Coming out of Duke, I said coming out of Duke, you got people that's close to me. People know 
what I said about Jason Tatum. I said Jason Tatum is going to be a guy that can score 20 a night easily coming right out of college. Even with one year out of Duke, he can come in and score 20 a night easily because he was so polished. He, his skills were so polished. He had the NBA-ready body, and he fits today's NBA. A wing player with a handle that can shoot. That that like that's typical. It's 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 what you need to be successful in today's NBA if you want to be like one of the, one of the, like the elite players. And Jason Tatum has those skills. He has that skill set. And you know, I, I just find it funny that we we I mean when we're talking about like best young players, we talk about Luca and Giannis and Embiid. We talk about Ben Simmons, but we don't talk about Jason Tatum enough. I don't think we talk about Jason Tatum enough. We don't, I don't think we nearly talk about Jason Tatum enough. Jason Tatum is really, really good. He is really good. He hits lights out. Lights out. And he had a lights out performance yesterday. Um, he, the way how he breaks down his defenders with his handle, um, getting to any spot on the floor he wants, he looked, I mean, especially yesterday, he looked really comfortable he looked really comfortable. He looked like he didn't. He didn't look like he was uncomfortable. It didn't look like like every shot he took. It didn't like. It didn't look like he did not want to take that shot. He got the shots that he wanted, and that like going into the playoffs, going into the playoffs. That's what you need, because going to the playoffs is different. Play, playoff basketball is much different than a eighty-two game regular season. Some um, half of the league. Teams know they're not going to be good. Teams know they have no chance. And in those, like, seven or eight seeds, they know they have no shot of winning a, a series. So ha about half of the league, more than half of the league, is like, uh, we, 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 we know we're not going to beat the Clippers this tonight or the Lakers tonight. They just know. But going into playoff basketball is much different. Uh, you have time to prepare. There's some, that you get uh, you get. Two that you get a day or two off before every before other before every other game. So I, going into the postseason, everybody knows everybody moves. Everybody knows what you're going to do. But when it's time to put the ball in the bucket, when it's time for you to make a basket, when you need a basket the most, Jason Tatum does have those skills. He has those skills and. He has those skills enough where he can be very efficient at it. The night of, you know, going into All-Star break, he puts up 39 against the Clippers. We can all admit that the Clippers probably, perimeter-wise, have the best defense. They, the Clippers probably have the best perimeter defenders. They have, I know, I know Patrick Beverly is hurt, but the Clippers have the best perimeter defenders. And Jason Tatum dropped 39, 39. Jason Tatum, they had no answer for Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum against the Lakers yesterday. He drops 41. Jason Tatum is a proven scorer, but now we are watching him emerge as a superstar. And I know we like guys like Giannis, but I'm just, I'm just going to break this down to you guys <clears throat> about Giannis and some of the and some of the other guys we like. And it's no, it's not, it's not like it's not that I don't like Giannis. I like Giannis a lot. Uh, like Embiid, you know, we, we give Embiid a lot of hype. We give Andrew, I mean, we give um, Carl Anthony Towns. I don't know. We give we give these type of guys a lot of. We we love these type of guys. We always talk about these type of guys. Or if we're not talking about them, like guys like Carl Anthony Towns, he's he's Carl Anthony Towns often gets picked by executives around the league to represent their franchise. I don't get it. But I look at a guy like Giannis. I like Giannis. Giannis is having a phenomenal regular season. He had a phenomenal regular season last year. He won MVP last year. But Giannis, we, 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 we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about it. But can you name one significant moment that Giannis had in the postseason? I wait. I wait. You can't name a specific moment in Giannis' career that he has in the postseason. And he's been in the league for a minute now. So, we can't name one standout moment for Giannis. He doesn't have that significant playoff run yet. And he's just now, I mean, a few years ago, Giannis just peaked. 
But now it's picking up steam. Everybody loves Giannis, and some people think he's the best player in basketball. But let's like so Milwaukee lost in the conference finals last year. They blew a, a 0-2 lead. They had a they had a 2-0 lead on the Raptors and Kawhi. Let's go back to that postseason. Let's go back. Let's go back. Giannis in Milwaukee, they beat Detroit. Detroit was the eighth seed. They had no chance. Okay. Giannis beat Boston. Boston last year. You, you guys remember Boston last year, right? With often hurt Kyrie, damaged good Kyrie. Team was a whack last year. Boston really wasn't that. Boston was really talented last year, talented last year but they, they, they had leadership problems. Uh, Kyrie questioned Brad, St- Brad, Steven, Brad Stevens. It was a lot going on with Boston. And then they went on to advance the conference finals, and they played the Raptors, and they had a and – and Giannis lost the 0-2 lead against the Raptors and Kawhi. Now, I get that we all love Giannis, but Giannis, he doesn't he – hasn't, he hasn't beat nobody significant in the, play, in the playoffs yet. He hasn't beat nobody significant in the playoffs yet. Now, with Jason Tatum on the other hand, Jason Tatum, I have a track record. Rookie year. Rookie year. As a rookie, he leads the Celtics to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics then take on the Cavs against LeBron. The Celtics and Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum then goes on to play LeBron and the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. That series went seven games. That series went seven games. And if it wasn't for LeBron, like, heroic performances, those last four games of the series, Celtics win that series and the Celtics go to the finals, led by Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum led the Celtics in in, in scoring that year in in the playoffs. He led them in scoring. He has significant playoff wins. He beat the he beat the 76ers with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid in the second round to get to the conference finals. And we nearly we don't talk about that. And Jason Tatum played LeBron head to head. He played he 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 played LeBron head to head on the biggest stage. On one of the biggest stage in basketball. The Eastern Conference Finals, a trip to the finals at the age of 19. At the age of 19. Look, Jason Tatum has done all this, and now he's 21. And I think the league overreacts when we're banging on these when, you're, when we're banging on these type of type of guys because I see I I I've heard a lot of people bang on Jason Tatum. I've heard a lot of people bang on Jason Tatum, but but you forget that the guy is only 21. He's only 21 years of age. He's not even 22 yet. He's barely old enough to drink. So when we, when I think the NBA, you know, so it's, it's rough because we bang on these guys really young, at a really young age, but then not remembering that hey, this guy is twenty one, and Jason Tatum is twenty one, and he's averaging thirty points per game in the month of February, and we may be watching a star in the making. We might be watching the emergence of a star, and nobody's talking about it. We may be watching. We ver- we very well may be watching the, ri- the 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 rise of a superstar. This guy is becoming a superstar because for me, Boston checks all the boxes, but except for size, I think I think I think I think Boston still lacks size. But except for but except for size, they have coaching. They have the proper coaching. They can win on the road. They have a lot of good players. They got scoring depth. They got depth on the bench. I like what Boston has. Um, I think they, as far as like a title contender, like I said, I think they check all of the boxes. They just don't have, I think they're a little, they could use a little bit more size. They can use a guy like Clint Capello or Andre Drummond. They can use a center like that, but they, they, they're, they're, they're small. They're very small. So that might be a, that might be an issue if they run into Philadelphia, who has Embiid, but I still like the Celtics, and for me, they check all the boxes. And really, and really, if you think about it, they had they, you know these last few years they have had a group, they have had a collection of young, talented, and really good players. 
And like that's good for the regular season. You're gonna win like a good a good amount of your games because you're young. You got really good. You got good young players. So you're gonna win a lot. You're gonna win some games in a row, and you have Brad Stevens as your coach. So you're gonna win. You're gonna win some games during the regular season. The play, getting getting to the playoffs is not the issue, but actually winning in the playoffs. That's where the superstars are born. That's where you need a superstar, and. The Celtics have been missing that, and now with Jason Tatum, if he if he continues to play at this level and and can carry this into the playoffs, the Celtics are very dangerous. They become very dangerous and a real threat to the Milwaukee Bucks. They become a real threat, and I you know I don't know about everybody else, but I know we love Giannis, and like I said, I like Giannis too, but. I'm not quite sold on Giannis, and if I had to put my, if I had to put my money down on a player, you know, between Tatum or Giannis, who's going to come through in the fourth quarter when you most need him in the playoff series? Uh, I don't know. I might, I, I might gotta go with Tatum because I, I just haven't seen those moments from Giannis. I haven't seen him, and then you know the playoff, you know the playoff run that he did go on last year, you know to get to the conference finals, didn't beat nobody in in route in route to that conference finals appearance that he had didn't beat nobody. So I'm not in a rush. I'm not in a rush just to give him the throne yet. Um, and with Jason Tatum, great. The Celtics, great. I, I, I think they check all of the boxes. I think they check all of the boxes. I just wish that they had more size. Uh, I think that would be, I, thought, I think that would be the determining factor, but I just wish they had more size. But with Tatum, Playing at this high of a level, um, Jalen Bryan's really well. It's really good. Uh, Marcus Smart, Kimber Walker is really good. They have guys. I they in the Celtics. That's always been that's been their problem for the last like four like the last four years. They're like you got they got they have the Celtics have like five really good players, like five really good players, and then they have about six or seven good players. But they have been missing a superstar, and now they have a we we they may have a superstar that's being born as we speak that's on their roster, and that's Jason Tatum. And I don't think we talk about him nearly enough. For him to be a young guy, we talk about Luka. We talk about Luka Doncic a lot. We talk about Giannis a lot. We talk about Embiid a lot. But I don't think we nearly talk about Jason Tatum enough. Where Jason Tatum has has had more playoff success than all of those guys. He's had more playoff success than all of those guys, and we talk about those guys, Luca and B, Giannis. We talk about those guys a little bit more than Jason Tatum. I think the Celtics are on to something. They may be they they're going to be a big threat. So also, let me go on the other side of the spectrum of last of yesterday's. Of uh, yesterday's afternoon after afternoon's game um, between the Celtics and Lakers, I'm gonna go to the Lakers side. Now with the Lakers side, LeBron once again, we LeBron shows how good he is. Um, really no surprise with LeBron. Uh, he had 29, eight and nine, really good. Um, and it, and it, it, I think LeBron should you know going down the stretch and coming down to, into the playoffs. I think it's gonna be really important that uh he uh that he. He continues to be aggressive and have you know set the aggression for the Lakers because get this, look at this cool stat, cool stat. This is my stat of the weekend that I saw. The Lakers are are seventeen and zero. The Lakers are seventeen and zero when LeBron scores thirty plus points. They're seventeen and zero when LeBron scores thirty plus points. So that's what that's basically saying is. When when LeBron is the leading scorer and when LeBron is ultra aggressive offensively, the Lakers are better offensively and they are better. And they win. So they're 17 and 0 when LeBron scores 30 30 plus points or more. 17 and 0. Now, with LeBron, no 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 problem. He he you know, played well in the fourth quarter. Um, it, it's just it's it's really it's really good to see him come through in the fourth quarter because we know LeBron has taken a lot of slack of not coming in, you know, not coming up big in the in the big moments, which is I think um, un, I think it's unfairly put on him, but he gets it. 
And but the the, the main thing I want to get at is is with, is with Anthony Davis, and this is what this is what scares me about the Lakers a little bit, going you know happening because if it happens with the Clippers and Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, this is what scares me. This is what scares me about the Lakers. Anthony Davis, do I, I've been, I, and I've been questioning this, and I didn't want to think. I didn't want to think much of it. Um, the first few months of the season because the Lakers are winning. They've been they've been to the top of the comp. They've been top of the conference for the last few. For, you know, since the season has started, they've been really you know top of the conference. So they have stayed. They have stayed at number one. So I really haven't brung up this this point, and I haven't thought much of it because I'm like, hey, they're winning. They win a lot of games. Okay, but it's going to be really important, especially when they play the Clippers or the Bucks. <laughs> you know, if they play the Clippers in the conference finals and the Bucks in the finals, it's going to be really important that they do this. Anthony Davis' production in the fourth quarter. Anthony Davis' production in the fourth quarter. Um, now, Anthony Davis in the first three in the first three quarters, he averages about twenty two and a half points. He shoots fifty six percent from the field. Going into the fourth quarter, he only averages a whopping four and a half points with, you know, shooting around 40, 41%, 41% from the field. So that is an issue for me. And because the, 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 the Lakers are going to need LeBron and both AD to play extremely well against the Clippers, especially in the fourth quarter. They're going to need those guys to show up and come, and come out to play. They're going to need those guys to come out and play in the fourth quarter, especially LeBron and AD. They're going to they're, they're going to need to come out and play against the Clippers. And I think and I and I said and I yeah I like Anthony Davis. I said it. I think I said it before the season started. I said Anthony Davis is the player. He's the best player that you never heard. He's the best player in American sports that you never that you never seen play. Anthony Davis, the best, I said it, he's the best American player, the, he's the best American athlete that you've never seen play. And you know why you've never seen him play? Because he always played in New Orleans, and it's New Orleans, it's the Pelicans. You've never seen him play. Now he's, with, now he's with the big boys, he's with the Lakers, he's with LeBron. Now the spotlight is on him, and he's been Playing well. I mean, he's been giving you Anthony Davis type numbers. He's averaging about twenty seven and a half points. You know, he's giving you his. He's giving you twenty seven and nine. It's it's. He's really efficient. He's gonna he's gonna block a couple shots on the other side of the ball on, on defense. He's gonna play well on defense. He's gonna be a great run protector. He's giving you Anthony Davis numbers. I mean, he's great. Anthony Davis is really talented. But this is where. And this is go. This goes back to my point, my original point with Jason Tatum and the playoffs and Giannis. This is where the superstars made. And yes, he, Anthony Davis has won a playoff series and he's gone to the second round. But this is like this is the big boy. This is the big boys. You got to put your big boy pants on. This is this is where you make your money. This is where you make your cheddar. This is where you make your lettuce. Look, Anthony Davis. I don't know if the late. I don't know. If the Lakers schematically will have to like feed Anthony Davis in the fourth quarter, I don't know if LeBron has to um, get Anthony Davis in the right mindset. But this is what this is where Anthony Davis must take over. These are the times he must take. These are the times that he's going to have to take over. And I think I think the Lakers, you know, going down to the stretch of the season. I think they have about a five-game lead in the Western Conference um, between one and two. So they got a good, they got a, they got a, they got a good cushion between one and two in the standings. I think the Lakers, go, you know, going going down the stretch of the season in close games. I think they should prepare. I think they should prepare Anthony Davis for the those type of moments. You gotta, you got you know, prepare him for those type of moments in the fourth quarter. Now that I the thing that I did like about Anthony Davis yesterday in the fourth quarter was hey he had a couple big free throws um he can hit free throws that's big as a big as a big guy as a big in in basketball that's really important that Anthony Davis can hit free throws he's a really good he's actually percentage wise he's a better free throw shooter than LeBron so 
He's not a liability at the free throw line. He can stretch out and hit a three if you need him to. But I did. I do like the fact that he um, he, he 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 was aggressive. He took I think six. He took six shots in the fourth quarter, and he was aggressive. Now, albeit he was one for six, he was it, it still showed aggression. So that that you know you know early in the season he was averaging around three shots in the fourth quarter. He took six. So there's some there's you know it's getting better and there's some aggression there. He's being aggressive. Um, you know, and he, and I'm not saying that he choked in the fourth quarter yesterday because he had a big three point shot, and like I said, he had a, he had some some big time free throws, and, the, and that's gonna be that's gonna be key. But he missed a couple layups, and the Clippers don't have a, a, a they don't have a guy that can guard Anthony Davis. They don't have an answer for Anthony Davis. The Clippers have multiple guys that can throw the ball. They have Kawhi, they got Paul George, Marcus Morris. The Clippers have, they have guys they can throw at LeBron. The Clippers don't have, they don't have an answer for Anthony Davis. Montrose Hurl is not enough for Anthony Davis. Uh, Zubats is, it, he can't handle Anthony Davis. So the Clippers don't have an answer for Anthony Davis. And this is why I think the Lakers got to prepare Anthony Davis in the fourth quarters to get ready for those moments. To get ready for those moments to for when it's time to take over. Because that's all the NBA playoffs is about. Taking over, superstars, rising to the occasion. That's all that's all the that's that's all the playoffs is. And I think the Lakers gotta get Anthony Davis in the right mindset. And that was that was basically the Clippers fear. Um, I'm gonna get into the Clippers a little bit, but that was basically the Clippers fear when the Lakers were before. This is before the trade, obviously, but when the Lakers were, you know, very interested in trading for Anthony Davis, the Clippers were a little bit hesitant on Anthony Davis because they was like, Anthony Davis, uh, he's a little soft and he doesn't play through injuries. The Clippers don't like that. They have a guy now, Kawhi Leonard, who doesn't play. But never mind, never get into that. <laughs> but. They, you know, the Clippers didn't like that he was soft, and they didn't like his mindset, and they didn't, they didn't like the fact that he didn't play through injuries. Um, so the Lakers got him, of course. But I think that's gonna be it's 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 gonna be really fascinating to see, um, the growth in Anthony Davis in the fourth quarter coming down the stretch of the season and during the regular season, the growth of Anthony Davis and his play in the fourth quarter because that's gonna be really big that. Anthony Davis in the fourth quarter in the postseason could be the determining factor whether or not LeBron gets his fourth title or if LeBron loses in the conference finals to the Clippers. That's going to be the big key. I'll be back to talk about some more basketball. I'm going to talk about some Clippers, um, some Zion a little bit, um, I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I'll be back.
So by the way, um, we got the you know Kobe and Kobe and Gianna Bryant's memorial service was airing live uh, uh this afternoon on the Eastern Time Zone. Uh, it started ten ten a.m. Pacific time. Um, so in the East Coast over here, it that's one o'clock. That's about one. I think that's one o'clock. So um, it aired at one o'clock. Uh, it, I think it was just about available everywhere, um, ESPN, CNN, NBA TV, and so forth. Uh, you guys already know what you know what I did for Kobe and celebrating the life and the career of uh, Mr. Kobe Bryant. So just throwing it out there. Uh, check that out. Uh, it should be it's it, it it's available everywhere. Um, and I'm sure you can get clips of uh, Vanessa Bryant talking. Um, uh, Michael Jordan, uh, you know, people that were close, Rob Palenka, people that were close to Kobe Bryant, you'll be able to see clips, um, a, just a lot of people there in attendance, uh, just powerful, um, and sad. <clears throat> so, on a brighter note, happier note, um, I began a lot of love from the Clipper faithful, from the Clipper fans. I began a lot of love. <laughs> and never, 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 ever, with me being um, just about for my whole life, I, 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 I've liked the Lakers. I've liked the Lakers just about for my whole life. And never, ever would I have thought that so many Clipper fans would, 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 like, <laughs> would, would agree with me. I mean, so many Clipper fans have just, they, they, they love me. They they love what I said about the Clippers and how I think the Clippers are gonna beat the Lakers in the conference finals and so forth. Um and you know the Clippers are pretty much the Clippers are everybody's favorites. Uh the Clippers, you know, are you know, most people have the Clippers winning the West and winning the NBA title. Even Clipper Daryl. You guys know Clipper Daryl, like the biggest Clipper fan in, in the world. Clipper Daryl. Even Clipper Durrell have reached out to me and said, hey, I like what you said. So Clipper Durrell has even reached out and said, hey, <laughs> I, like what you're, I like what you're talking about. But if you're a Clipper fan, it's going to be the opposite. And the Clippers are coming off a three-game losing streak. And something like some, some, some of these things that we, uh, that we see... Um, like we we tend to downplay, like we downplay chemistry, but the Lakers and this is this is like if 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 the Lakers have any advantage, that one advantage if they have one advantage, the one advantage that the Lakers do have is first, yeah they got LeBron and AD yeah, but they have chemistry on their side. The Lakers core pieces, the Laker core players in their rotation. You know, some of the guys, some of the guys have been hurt. Like Avery Bradley, he's gotten hurt a couple times. But for the most part, this Laker team it has jailed well. To um, to some people's surprise, they have jailed well. They have and, and they have built uh, they have built some good camaraderie and chemistry. And I think that is often downplayed, and it's being downplayed with the Clippers. Situation right now, the, the, the they have in a they're in the midst they're in the midst of a three game losing streak. Um, they they you know Paul George is hurt again, and you know it, it's a different and I think I think I mentioned this early on the season, like like before like early on early early on in the season it's a difference being the hunter. And the hunted. It's a difference being David and Goliath. Usually the Clippers are David. But now, this year, the Clippers are Goliath. They have all the expectations. They, everybody is picking them. Most people are picking them to beat the Lakers. Outside of Laker Nation, most people have the Clippers beating the Lakers. Or the Clippers winning the Western Conference Finals, and most people, and some people have the Clippers winning it all. So it's a big dif 
difference being going from the hunter to the hunted. The Lakers, they've always been hunted. The Lakers have always, that's just who they are. The Lakers have always been the hunted. The Lakers have always been the, the, the team that everybody loves to hate. You know, so, and then their own fans, their own faithful, loved, loved them. But the Lakers, this is not a new position that the Lakers are in with being number one in the Western Conference and having expectations. The Lakers have, the Lakers have always had expectations. But the Clippers have not. The Clippers have not always had expectations. The Clippers have often been the underdog. We always look at them as the underdogs. And if you look at their team, it's a lot of overachieving guys. Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, hell, even their best player, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, he's never been the outright favorite. He's been he's always been the underdog in just about every situation of his career. San Antonio, he was the underdog going against Miami. In Toronto, many people didn't have him leading Toronto to the finals. He was the underdog in Toronto. But now, he is the guy that's favorite. Sometimes when you're put, sometimes when you're placed in unfamiliar territory, you don't know how to react. This is unfamiliar, this is unfamiliar territory for the Clippers. This is this is un, this is they, they, this is foreign territory for the Clippers. They don't know how to be the hunted, and I think we're seeing that a little bit. I, I mean, th- some of these losses are just despicable. I'm like, oh, how did they lose? How did they lose? Also, also, and like I guess, and going back to my chemistry point, the like Paul George. Like especially Paul George, Paul George has to get on the floor. He has to get on the floor, and he has to put. He has these last like twenty four games of the season. Paul George has he has to be on the floor, and because we we we've, we've barely seen the Clippers core like seven players together, like their core, like Montrezl Hurl, Paul George, Kawhi. Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams. We have not seen that core. Now Marcus Morris. We have not seen these these players together for a long period of time. Landry Shaman. The, the, you know, guys have been hurt in and out of the lineup, different starting fives. You know, you're bringing in new acquisitions like Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson, guys who need the ball. So you, 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 you're you got to build up chemistry, and I think this is unfamiliar territory for the Clippers for them to be the favorites. They don't know what it feels like to be the favorites, and that could be a problem. That could be a problem. We don't know what it feels like to be the favorite. That could be a problem. And it, it, and it's so funny how, like, the Clippers, like, like, how their brand has changed over, like, the last year. Like, last year, like, the last few years, you know, once they got rid of Chris Paul and uh, Blake Griffin, once they got, once the Lob City era ended in L.A. with the Clippers, since the Lob City era has ended, they have they have changed their brand. Their brand turned into hard-nosed basketball every night, we got a bunch of fiery competitors and dogs. We're going to play good defense. We're going to play hard. Every possession matters. Every shot matters. That's the Clippers team we were accustomed to seeing, especially last year. Now, this year, with the addition of Kawhi, and no, and by no means, I'm not saying Kawhi, um, you know, I'm not saying that the, the Clippers gave up t- too much for Kawhi. Because, no, you didn't. Kawhi... Finals in reigning finals MVP, the best two way player in basketball. So no, you didn't give up too much. He he's a he's a star. He's a bona fide star, superstar. But their brand has changed from we play we we play hard every night in the regular season. Every possession matters. Every play matters. Every shot matters. 
to with the addition of Kawhi and adding Kawhi, we all know Kawhi doesn't. You know Kawhi, he doesn't. He doesn't think much of the regular season. In Kawhi's opinion, the regular season doesn't hold much value, and it's some truth to that. And that's what the Clippers have turned into. <laughs> Their whole brand has flipped. It has switched. Their whole brand has flipped and switched because Kawhi is like, hey, you know, regular season basketball, who cares? <laughs> and that's what the Clippers have turned into this year. And that's just not what we, I mean, especially last year. Like last year, they won 48 games. They were the underdogs. Nobody expected the Clippers to be that good. They took the Warriors to six games in the first round. So we saw a lot from the Warriors. I mean, we saw a lot from the Clippers. They were they were dogs, and they still are dogs. They still, I'm sure they're still, I'm st- I'm sure they still have that fire inside of them. But their brand has changed. Their their brand has changed, and Kawhi is a big part of that. I mean, you know, Kawhi takes off nights. You know, he's saying, "Hey, regular season doesn't mean much. We're gonna wait until April and May and June. That's where the mo- that's where you make the money." And yeah, that is, but. You you do have to play well in the regular season to get to that point, and I'm not in, in no means I'm panicking for the Clippers, not panicking, but it is some concern there. There is some you know I'm raising my eyebrows right now. Like hey, the Clippers they they gotta get healthy, especially Paul George because Paul George has he's he's been battling injuries all year long. He actually came to the Clippers hurt. Because remember, in the offseason, he got he got shoulder surgery, so he missed the first what like twelve games, twelve fifteen games of this season. Then he gets hurt, and then he gets hurt again. Now it's the hamstring, so they gotta you know. And Patrick Beverly is out right now, so they gotta get better. They gotta get healthier first. Then we gotta see how these guys, like the core players, their first seven eight guys. We got to see how they play off the bench. We have to see that. We have to see that chemistry. That's one thing that the Lakers have going for them. The Lakers have been healthy all year long, and the Lakers have, you know, they have developed some great chemistry, and that have led to them getting the number one, have, having right now the number one seed, number one seed in the Western Conference. So that's that, 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 that's big. I think that's a that, that's a big part of ba- playoff basketball. And also, we got to see if these guys can stay healthy. Can Paul George stay healthy? And this is a totally new territory. This is foreign territory for the Clippers. Lastly, foreign territory for the Clippers. They don't know what it feels like to be the hunted. They don't know what it feels like to be Goliath. They always have been the underdogs. And on their team, their players... Their players have mostly been the underdogs. Their players have been overachievers. They've been overachievers. So what happens to a person or a group of people or a team that, you know, always have been overachievers and finally they are the favorites. They're no longer underdogs. Nobody doubts them. Everybody's picking them. What happens? What happens? Do they fold? What happens? You guys tell me. Am I? I don't think I'm reaching when I'm saying when I when I mention the concerns for the Clippers. I don't think I'm reaching. I think it's fair. They've been struggling. They they they've been they've been. It's been a rocky regular season. It's been a rocky, rocky regular season. They have, um, they, they, they've faced, you know, when anytime they've faced the Lakers, they've beaten them. But it's like when they play the other 30, 29 teams in the league, they have struggled. You know, we have seen some glaring, you know, effects, and they have had injuries, and we don't know what their chemistry looks like. So I think it's fair. I, so you know, if people think I'm overreacting, I don't want to overreact. But I think it's fair. I think it's fair to to actually like point out what's going on with the Clippers on a three game losing streak. What's going on? So I don't think I'm I don't think I'm reaching. 
I don't think I'm reaching. I think this is fair. But um, I want to also move on to the fight uh, that happened that transpired this weekend. Uh, Wilder versus Fury. Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. Um, so coming into the fight, I, I, you know, congratulations to Tyson Fury. Uh, he's a really good boxer. And also, I mean, hey, Deontay Wilder tried his best to play, you know, fall through the punches and the blows. Um, you know, fell a few times, got back up. So congratulations to Tyson Fury. And, you know, congratulations to Deontay Wilder, too. You know, he still has a good record. I mean, <laughs> he's not undefeated no more, but I, I get it. He's still, you know, got a blemish, but that's fine. Um, Tyson Fury, I worried about his mobility. Um, you know, Tyson Fury is a guy. He's a tall, big, white guy. <laughs> uh, he stands about, what, 6'8"? He's he's about six eight six nine, and he's um he's about two two seventy a little over two seventy, and I worried about that, and he's trying to worry about that. But Tyson Fury, I you know I watched a couple uh um like interviews I guess leading up to the fight, and you know Tyson Fury said basically said hey I'm I'm the bigger I'm the bigger athlete I'm the bigger boxer, why am I running away from Wilder, I, and. I, I I I exactly saw what his strategy was. Coming out of the gates, for first five seconds of the fight, uh, Tyson Fury was what, what he was throwing shots, and he was the aggressor, and that that what that's what won him the fight. That's what won him the fight. Him being the aggressor, him being the aggressor, um, and I. I, see, I get his point now. I see it. I, I just didn't think that 270-plus boxer, um, I worried about his mobility and how, um, like, is he going to be able to stay on track? It, you know, is, he, is fatigue possibly a problem? Um, yeah, that, 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 that was erased. That was erased really quickly. Uh, Tyson Fury was the bigger boxer. Uh, he, he was... He, he, he was Put, he pushed Wilder around the ring. Wilder, Wilder's somewhat of a knock. He's a he's a knockout artist, and he looks for the big blows. And Tyson Fury came with the big blows, and Tyson Fury got what he you know did what he had to do. He won. Um, like I said, congratulations to him. But I just think Fury, um, you, 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 he just totally dominated that fight. And and Wilder had no chance. He he, he had no shot. Um, his legs his legs looked like noodles. I mean I, I mean he had no shot at all. So uh, Fury great fight. He he's the he's the WBC heavyweight champion um, now. Um, he's thirty and zero. Like I said, Wilder has a blemish on his on his record. It's okay. Um, he's still a great fighter, but. Uh, it, Tyson Fury had the box. He had the boxing skills. Tyson Fury definitely had the boxing skills to get the job done. Um, so I'll be back to give you guys. Um, we're gonna wrap it up with some NFL talk um, about the quarterbacks situation and how we should add context to the story. Let's begin adding some context to the story. I'll be back on the other side uh, to talk about some quarterbacks in the in the upcoming NFL draft.
So like I said, lastly, um, we're going to get into uh, Tyson. Well, we already got into Tyson Fury. I'm sorry. But Tyson Fury, it, you know, everybody's telling him to lose weight. You got to lose weight. You got to lose weight. You got to be more mobile. Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury was like, nah, I'm going to add 16 more pounds um, to, you know, already 16 more pounds already to my physical stature. And I'm going to be even tougher to beat. And that's what he was. And he, you know, it's, it's, it's just like telling uh, you know how people used to say, "Oh, D Wade got to stop falling on the on the ground." He, you know, he drives to the cup and he takes a lot of falls and he takes a lot of nicks and bruises. D Wade, to the last game of his career, still was driving to the cup and falling to the ground. So it's just one of those things with Tyson Fury. Um, but okay, so the Packers GM came out and said, "Hey, we we you know we might mess around and draft the quarterback in the first round." And I know everybody, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know everybody's like, whoa, hold up, hold up, hold up. Don't don't they have Aaron Rodgers? Well, yeah, yeah, they do have a 35-year-old Aaron Rodgers. Yes, they do. And I'm not mad at the decision if the Packers do take a quarterback with with their first-round pick. And they're not talking about... Uh, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, or uh, Tua Tagovailoa, or Justin Herbert. You know who they're talking about, and we're not talking. We're not talk- We're not saying much about him right now because the top, the other three, you know, the top three quarterbacks are getting a lot of love, a lot of TV time. Uh, you know, and Green Bay also know that that they can't, they can't get. Uh, they're not going to be able to get Joe Burrow, or Herbert, or Tua Tagovailoa. But you know who they're talking about? They're talking about Jordan Love out of Utah State. Now, I know you, I know some of you guys are like, who, who in the hell is Jordan Love from Utah State? Yeah, I know. Um, and this is why I think first I don't think I don't think it would be a bad decision for the Packers to take a quarterback at the first round. I, with in the first round, I don't think so. I don't think it's a bad decision. Guess how old? So when the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers. Guess how old Brett Favre was? 35. Guess how old Aaron Rodgers is now? 35. So the Packers are saying, basically saying, hey, we did the same thing to Brett Favre. We drafted a quarterback. Doesn't mean Aaron Rodgers is not going to be the quarterback for the foreseeable future for the Packers. It just means that the Packers have a secession. They have a backup plan. And similar to and similar to Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love played at a you know Aaron Rodgers played at Cal, small university, didn't win a lot you know win uh, sometimes, put up some good numbers. Raw, raw and really talented, but mechanics needed some help. Needed some mechanics needed to be tweaked. That 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 that's that's Jordan Love. Jordan Love played at Utah State, small. Sometimes um, winning is you know is uh, it's Utah State. You know talent uh, but he puts up he put up good he put up good numbers in his sophomore year. Junior year kind of slacked off a little bit, but it's Utah State. I mean it's Utah State talent. But Jordan Love is he he is raw. And, and talented mechanics need some fixing. That sounds a lot like a young Aaron Rodgers come out of Cal. That sounds a lot like Aaron Rodgers. So I don't think it's too far-fetched that the Packers are thinking and coming out and saying, hey, we might draft the quarterback with our first-round pick. I don't think it's far-fetched. I don't see nothing wrong with it. I don't see nothing wrong with it. You have a fragile quarterback that's 35 who often gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see nothing wrong with it at all. And he's 35. Nothing wrong with it at all. And also, another thing. We're not talking about Jordan Love because he played at Utah State and he didn't win a lot of games because he's at Utah State. Um... You know, and, we, and he didn't have the best junior year, but 
we we are not talking about this, and we gotta we gotta start adding contacts to this to 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 these quarterbacks. Let's add some contacts to Joe Burrow right now. Joe Burrow, I know, and I know everybody loves Joe Burrow. I know everybody just loves Joe Burrow. I love him too. I like him too. I'm not saying Joe Burrow is not talented, but when we say Joe Montana, I slow down. I say pump the brakes. When they say John Elway, I say pump the brakes. He's not John Elway. You, 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 he's not John Elway. He's not Joe Montana. And I think Joe Burrow is really talented. And if you put him with the right pieces in the right situation, I think he'd be just fine. But I don't think he's that talented. I think he's talented, but I don't want to, I don't, because I don't want to discredit the guy. I may not give credit, but I don't want to discredit the guy. I don't want to discredit him. But, but, let's, let's add some context right now. Alabama, UMA. So, I've been watching college football for a very long time. Alabama defense was probably the worst defense. This Alabama defense this past year was probably the worst defense I've ever seen in the last 10 years from Alabama. And, and, and I'm not even playing. I'm not even playing. Like, this defense was not Alabama type defense. This this so Alabama had a down year first. They they you know Alabama had a down year defensively. Tua Tonga Tua Tonga Valoa came into the game injured. Joe Burrow had the best offensive line in the in in the country. He also had the second best running back in college football and the best receiving core in college football, and those those receivers are elite receivers. Those those receivers are elite receivers. So you adding all the con- you are you adding all the contacts plus. He popped in his senior year. I'm re- I'm really skeptical of quarterbacks that pop in their senior year. Like what the hell took so long? I'm I, I, you know because. You know, coming in, coming into the season, coming into college football season this year, some scouts even I was reading up, I was reading up on some things. Some scouts had him as a projected third or fourth round pick. He wasn't even going to get picked on the first day of the draft, and all of a sudden he's Joe Montana, he's John Elway. No, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm not going to fall for it. No. I don't think I don't think it I don't I, I don't think it's accurate at all. So that's why we gotta add contacts to these things. We gotta add contacts to it. We have to add contacts to 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 these quarterbacks and to the to players. Period. We have to, and that and that's one thing that I think we all that we lack at. You know, as far as the media, I think we lack we lack adding contacts to certain situations. Joe Burrow had a great year. Great. I get it. I don't want to discredit. Even though I don't give credit, I don't want to discredit. I don't want to discredit anybody. But we we, we got to look at this. We got to be rational. Alabama had it's probably de- like under Nick Saban, Alabama had the worst. Like this is the worst defense that Nick that I ever seen from Nick Saban. Like Nick Saban always has top tier defenses. This defense this year was not that good. It, it was not good. It was not Alabama good. It was not Alabama good. And it, it wasn't even a good defense as far as, like, college football-wise. It wasn't a great defense. It, it was bad. Also, Tua Tagovailoa was hurt when he played LSU. He was hurt. Still put up 40 points. But he was hurt. LSU had the best offensive line in football in college football. They had the he had, Joe Burrow had the second, the second best running back in the, in college football, and he had the best receiving core in college football, and the and and the play calling was phenomenal. Joe Brady at LSU, phenomenal offensive coordinator, phenomenal play calling. So, like we gotta add some context to these things. Yes, okay, Justin Herbert. You want to take Justin Herbert, for example? Justin Herbert played at Oregon. I watched Oregon a lot this year, and I'm like, how can you guys be this boring? 
You guys used to be exciting. Oregon football used to be exciting. Oregon is boring. They they are boring. All they do is run the football. And I'm like, why you guys run the football when you have one of the best best quarterbacks in the country? Why? I don't understand it. Let's add context to it. With Oregon talent, Justin Herbert put up some good numbers with Oregon talent. He stands about 6'6", good measurables, good arm strength, mobile. That is what the NFL looks like today. That is what the NFL quarterbacks look like today. That is what they look like. If you need if you needed any help of trying to figure out what the NFL quarterbacks look like, that is what they look like. Justin Herbert. Measurables, mobility, arm strength, arm accuracy, it's there. Oregon did not fully exploit Justin Herbert's skill set. And that's why you saw them lose a few games during the regular season where he was like, how in the hell you have a you have one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and you lose that game. How? And that is how. Because Oregon offensively was stagnant. It was stagnant. And it's Oregon town. It's Oregon town. So let's add con- going into the draft, when we're talking about these quarterbacks, when we're judging these quarterbacks, when we're rating these quarterbacks, let's add contacts. Let's add contacts because we lack contacts. We like to look up numbers. We bring up numbers. I like to bring up numbers too. But let's add some contacts to the situation. Because if we don't, like, what took took Joe Burrow so long to pop? I, I, like, that, that is my biggest thing with Joe Burrow. What took you five years as a, as a collegiate quarterback to pop or to have a good year? What took so long? You know who else also popped? You, you, you know who else also took a, a long time to finally get it together as a college quarterback? Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell popped in this last year. Jamarcus Russell. We all know who Jamarcus Russell is. <clears throat> if you don't know, he's a quarterback. Um, that, that was a bust. He's a bust. I'm not, and, and I'm not saying Joe Burrow is the next Jamarcus Russell, but I do have some red flags, and I do think we we gotta we gotta be cautious, and we gotta add context to the situation, and it, like especially the quarterback position, especially the quarterback position. I think it, you know it, we have to, we have to. I don't think you can. I don't think you can go. Just rating quarterbacks without having actual context. I don't think you can. I don't think you can. So that's just my, you know, that's just my little mini rant uh, for the, you know, for the last few minutes. But we, I, I, I mean, come on, add context, please add context. When we're talking about these quarterbacks and we're rating Tua and we're rating Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Jordan Love, please rate them. And like I said. Um, there, there, there's going to be four quarterbacks that go in the first round. Book it. There's going to be four quarterbacks that go in the first round in the NFL draft in the next. It, book it. I'm telling you. Book it. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Um, I wanted this. I wanted to be, I wanted this to be a good one. Uh, having, you know, haven't spoken to you guys in a minute, but, um, thank you guys for keep on clicking and hanging on. You guys are doing a great job at that. Um, I'm really excited. We we got we these you know last like I said last week was a slow week, um because we had excuse me we had no NBA, uh like I said college basketball uh, um you know we we you know everybody talking about the Astros cheating I get it yeah I, you know you guys are, you people already know how I feel about that, um so we got we got some interesting few more you know some interesting weeks coming up. Um, upon us, we got some interesting weeks. Um, we got March Madness coming up next month. We got March Madness. Um, we're ending off February strong. Black History Month. We're ending off February strong. Um, yeah, we got NBA playoffs coming up. There's about twenty. There's about twenty five ish more games of the regular season. So the the NBA regular season is dwindling down. 
Um, we got, you know, college basketball, of course, conference tournament and um, the NCAA tournament, March Madness. So, we, you know, I'm going to bring you guys some full coverage to that or for that. Um, NBA playoffs, like I said, we got a lot to get into. It's going to be a lot to talk about. It's going to be a lot to dig into. MLB spring, spring training has started. Um, the, the draft. We got a lot to get into. So I cannot wait. Thank you guys for hanging on, sticking on, hanging on, keep clicking. I, I, I greatly appreciate it. It's, it's big. Thank you. Um, and I'm out. See you guys. I'm gone. Peace. Adios.